The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And good afternoon to everyone. Happy Friday. Thank you so much for joining the Work-Life Balance. I'm so excited uh, about today's show. Uh, you know, when I, when I decided to do the show, when Winston called me and said, hey, I want you to do this show, and, and we had to pitch... You know certain guests that we wanted to bring on the show for the first uh, 13 weeks. This is uh, one of the first people I thought of. I was so excited to have him, and I, I really wanted to do this show as a different type of show um, because this person uh, to me is very special. He's a, he's a great friend. Um, in, in, unfortunately, the only time I, I kept you know catch him and get to see him is in, in the uh, grocery store now, and we end up clogging up the aisles for about two hours when I run into him. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he's somebody I consider a mentor, a, a lifelong friend. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to start off with, with somewhat of an embarrassing story. In, in all fairness to him, it sounds, it sounds like almost like a bad story, but it's not. I, I want to be very clear. And also, like any story, I, I've told it hundreds of times. I tell it in my seminars. I actually wrote it in my book. Um, and every time you tell a story like this, it gets better every time. And it is a story that's pro-me. So uh, it, it may not sound as good uh, towards Don, but I do want to tell a story because it it, it happened. Uh, but of course, uh, as I said, it gets better every time. But um, you know, uh, Don uh, Delashaw is his name, and uh, I'll be introducing him and bringing him on here in a second. But uh, um, you know, one of the things in with all of my bosses, anybody I've ever worked for. Uh, one of the things that, that's very important to me is that I have to connect with them as a friend. And, and one of the things that we did every morning is, you know, we we kick off our day by just just talking. I'd go into their office, we sit down, we talk, we talk about our children, our family, our friends. We 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 would do all this different you know types of things. And you know, one of these mornings it was a little bit different. I, I walked into his office and uh, he says, "Man, I want to talk to you." And I was like, "Okay," but I could tell the tone was a little bit different. You know, I was like, "Oh, you know, I'm, I might be in trouble here because you know." Well, he's a friend. He's also my boss. And he goes, you know, he goes, I just, I'm a little concerned about you, Rick. And I was like, okay, all right, what's up? And he goes, uh, well, you know, you have a problem finishing things sometimes. And I was like, uh-oh. And I was like, what, what am I not finishing? And he goes, hey, you know, weren't you on a weight loss program? And if anybody's seen me, you know, I, I, I rock a good 285 on a six-foot-one frame. So uh, and at that point, I was on this weight loss program. I was losing quite a bit of weight, and, and I'd stopped the program. And I said, yeah, yeah, I was on a weight loss program. And he goes, you doing that anymore? I said, no, sir. And he goes, hey, uh, weren't you doing this jewelry business thing? And, and my wife and I had started a jewelry business. And uh, unfortunately, uh, every time we, we bought a really big piece of jewelry, my, my wife would keep it. Uh, so we weren't making any profits off of that. And I said, yeah, we were doing that. And, 
And uh, Don goes, you doing that anymore, Rick? And I said, uh, no, sir. And uh, he goes, weren't you doing like some sort of nonprofit work? And I said, yeah. And he goes, you doing that anymore? I said, no, sir. And he goes, see, man, I just, you know, you have all these great ideas, this fantastic potential. Yeah, I'd really love to see you finish these things. And I was like, so is that it? And he's like, yeah, that's it, man. I just want, want to see you finish some stuff. And, and, and it kind of rubbed me the wrong way, you know? And I was like, man, what? And so I, I walked out of his office and I turned around and the Italian in me kind of got a hold of me and walked back into his office. And I said, you know, Don, you got to ask the rest of the question. He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, yeah, I was on the weight loss program, but ask me why I quit. He goes, all right, why'd you quit? And I said, well, I had to go into a, a, a doctor's office to weigh in. And uh, you got me going to Memphis four days a week here at my job, so I, I can't weigh in at the doctor's office, so I had to quit. And I said, my wife's, you know, keeping the jewelry, so I shut that down. And plus, it was taking a little bit too much of my time here at my job, so, you know, it was interfering, so I quit that. And uh, I, I can't be meeting with local leaders here at this nonprofit if I'm going to Memphis four days a week uh, to do my job. So the reason why I'm not finishing things like you're saying is because I'm being a pretty good employee to you. So there's nothing wrong with my job, right? And he said, no, 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 the job's good. And I said, so, dude, what, what gives, man? What, what, what's up with this speech that you're giving me here? And you could just see his face go white, man, the eyes drop, you know, and he goes, and he goes, that didn't go as well as I had planned. And I said, well, what, what was the plan? And he goes, man, he goes, I read this book last night on motivation. <laughs> and he said, I thought I'd try it out on you. <laughs> and I was like, well, you motivated me, but it was kind of, you know, take you outside a little bit, <laughs> have a conversation. It didn't motivate me to, you know, do anything. But what, why I always tell that story, first, it's a great icebreaker for the, for the crowd, but I always tell that story because, you know, we all get all these books. You know, I read Jack Welch's book, and, and Jack is tough, man, you know, the whole bottom 10% thing. But I, I, I learned a valuable lesson there, too, is that I can't just take a book off a shelf. You know, I'm an author. I talk to authors every time on the show. And, and I can't just take a book off a shelf and just go blindly apply it and, and think that I'm going to make a difference. And so that, that taught me a valuable lesson, and I use that in all of my seminars, and I go right into disc profiles to start telling people that say, hey, throughout this eight-hour seminar that I'm going to be teaching, I'm going to be telling you to say this, do that, apply this, do this, but you can't just do it exactly the way I do it because I have a high I personality. You might be a high D or a high S or a high C, what you have to do is take the way I say it and the message I'm trying to say and then put that through your filter and figure out how best to say it to you. So it turned into a great lesson, but I always use that story and I have to apologize to Don in advance. But before I do the final introduction, my favorite story about Don Delashaw was one of the first times, I had known Don a few times, but we haven't worked together professionally. And so he comes on, and, and we were fairly young. You know, I was probably 24, and Don was, you know, 61, 62, something like that. I don't know. So Don's coming in. To, I'm just teasing. But uh, Don, Don's coming in as, as our boss, but he knows he has a fairly young and, and a pretty immature team. And so he, he's, he's also stressed because we were a pretty well-oiled team. We, we all knew each other really well. Um, we're running a $10 million account, and he's kind of getting just thrown into the mix. And so he's trying to figure out how to shake us up a little bit and get to know that, you know, he also doesn't take himself that seriously. <laughs> so his first meeting for taking over this, this team, he walks in and he's got this weird thing on his hip. We don't know what it is. 
And so he walks in and he goes, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, my name is Don Delishaw. And he reaches down and he hits this button. And it's one of his children's toys. And it's, it's this microphone. And he hits a button and there's applause. <laughs> and so he's giving himself applause. And then he tells some sort of silly joke and then hits the next button and there's laughter. And that's the immediate point that I know I'm going to be forever friends with Don Delishaw. With so, with all of that said, let me welcome in the the great friend and, and phenomenal person that is Don Delishaw. Don, welcome to the Work Life Balance. Well, thanks, Rick. Yeah, I like that second story a lot better than the first story. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's tough to tell it that way. And, and again, I, I say it's unfair to you, Don, but it, it was one of the most valuable lessons and, and things like that that happen. You know, I know it was somewhat embarrassing for you, but that has stuck with me for for, for all eternity, obviously. But it, it yeah. you know, taught a valuable lesson. What a great lesson to to tell people that um, you know it it was fantastic. And what I loved and what I thought was a blessing out of that is that you you were trying with me. You were being vulnerable. You were trying something new, and you knew you could do that with me and get away with it. And if it didn't work out, you're like, whatever, it's Rick. You know, That's right. We'll get over it. it. Fail faster, right? <laughs> Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, Don? Yeah, well, um, so I've been doing project management stuff for, gosh, at least 25 years. Um, the first phase of my career, I was in the engineering, uh, construction, and design uh, area. And um, with about 10 years in that, I, I migrated into IT outsourcing. So, uh, I, you know, I kind of cut my teeth in the engineering and construction flavor of project management, which, you know, you know, and a lot of the listeners know that that's very strict and just second thought almost how everything is project uh, based in, in what they do. Um, the last few years I've been with one of the major uh, IT uh, providers in the, in the U.S. and uh, I've, um, I've been a PMP certified project manager since 2001. So uh, that's what I'm doing now. Yeah, and an interesting thing about our our relationship, and and we're 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 trying to be politically correct and stay away from from the organization names here. Although there was some pretty astounding news today um, that, that caught me off guard when I, I looked at the paper this morning. Um, but yeah. uh, you and I worked together uh, first, and, and we met through a mutual friend who actually uh, I'll have on the show either I believe next week or the week after. Um, but uh, you know, we met through their uh, instant connection. Um, worked together for for you know about a year or so there, and then I left and, and went to another organization. I was gone for about six or eight months. Got approached uh, by by a boss and said, "Hey, you know, I really need somebody." Uh, and he listed out you know several qualifications, and just every one of them screamed Don Delishaw. And uh, and then shortly thereafter, you became my boss again. So the the joke is, is I quit on you twice, right? Yeah, and you you know you wanted me a second time, so it must have been that bad. No, you you always have been a phenomenal you know uh, person, but uh, have always been a great boss. And what I've always enjoyed about being around you is not only can we have a lot of fun, but but really you know those times that we've been able to be in your office and get on a whiteboard and really delve deep into uh, some of the philosophies of project management, the emerging trends, and. Uh, it, yeah. being project management geeks but having fun at it at the same time, right? It's kind of a yeah. rare thing in our industry, <laughs> right? So yeah. we've been in those in those offices where the people can bore us to death in, in, in five seconds, 
Whereas you and I have, have been able to to talk for hours about it, but just you know be so engaging, have so much fun, and, and also see you know what those potential possibilities are out there. Yeah. So already, I've I've used you know almost this whole segment time just poking fun at you, uh, but I, I want to give the listeners uh, just a, a little snippet of what we're going to be talking about here. I, I wanted to have a really fun topic to bring Don on, just so that everybody really understood the personality type and. and what it was and it, it, it hit us as again you know the, the last time I ran into you Don was at, at our favorite meeting place which is the grocery store um, mm-hmm. and, and that's that's not an embellishment I think the last five times we've run into each other is, is our favorite grocery store there uh, and maybe I should drop the name there and they can become a sponsor for the show but um, so <laughs> but uh, you know we have uh, children your your uh, your wonderful daughters have, have babysit my children and you uh, you know, we've grown up around those families, and, and one of the struggles that we have in our lives is is trying to balance that. As we talk about the work-life balance, you know, it's funny is, you know, we learn all these techniques, right? We learn the psychological side. We learn, you know, the business side, the structure side, and, and all of those different things. And then we catch ourselves almost managing our lives as projects, and our lives are projects for that matter, right? Everything that you do is a project. But then we start capturing ourselves, you know, approaching, you know, kind of uh, raising our children as a big project and raising our children as almost a program management type of mentality. And sometimes that doesn't always work to our favor. And uh, so what we're going to be doing and what we're going to be exploring here with Don are some of our favorite stories where <laughs> we try to uh, right the ships sometimes when uh, we're, we're trying to be dads and applying some project management techniques and maybe they didn't always work out. So uh, Don was the perfect person to bring on and, and have some levity uh, to that piece. So uh, we're right up against a break. We're going to go ahead and take that. Let's see a uh, Technologies, uh, one of my favorite sponsors out there in the world, uh, pays some of our bills. And we'll see you on the other side of the break where Don's going to share some of those stories with us. You're listening to the Work Life Balance. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. 
All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end -end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back. Give a quick shout out to uh, Chase Hampton, who just said hello to us uh, via Twitter. And, and again, Chase Hampton and, and the party, uh, part of that uh, music, that lead in music, that beat that gets us going on uh, Fridays. Uh, that always gets me uh, upbeat and ready to go uh, every Friday on the show. We're back with uh, the great uh, Don Delashaw, one of my, uh, I can say, one of my best friends uh, in the world out there. Love Don. I, I, I light up every time I see him. We're talk about, talking about uh, parenting and project management. And I uh, want to go ahead and give it over to uh, uh, Don to share one of his favorite stories uh, of when we're trying to apply some of these project management principles in, in raising our families. Yeah. So, you know, this is years back in my, uh, some of my early days of project management, I got on the subject of scorecards. And, you know, keeping, uh, keeping a tally, you know, on a periodic basis of the key metrics for the project, you know, what's going on, what the, what the key numbers are. And at the same time, I had two young kids in elementary school, and my wife and I were, you know, doing the typical parent thing, trying to keep our arms around everything that's going on in their lives, their sports, their school, chores around the house and everything. And we just felt so busy. And I said, you know what we need? We need, we need to have a family meeting every week. So it's like a team meeting. So you have a family, a, you know, those, a family project status meeting? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, around the kitchen table, family meeting. And it, and it quickly became, you know, catchphrase. All I'd have to do is go, all right, family meeting time. And we'd sit down at the kitchen table. Well, I had a, I had a small whiteboard that was maybe, I don't know, two by three feet or so. And if anybody's ever uh, 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 prepared a whiteboard for a scorecard, they make this thin colored, it's usually it's black or red, this thin tape that you could actually tape onto the whiteboard, you know, to create a grid or whatever you need. Well, I had some of that. I had done that at work. I'm going to make a scorecard for our family meetings. So I, I prepare this thing up. So I end up with this, with this whiteboard that had, <laughs> had a place for grades and chores and, you know, softball schedule and just all the, you know, the, the important data for uh, our weekly lives with these two kids. And they, you know, I, they kind of liked it. You know, they thought it was kind of stupid, which is not a surprise, but it, it actually worked pretty good. We did that for quite I, a while. I, I don't mean to interrupt, Don, but, but meeting one when you were done with that, like, like going into meeting one with that. 
yeah. when you reveal the whiteboard, you, you were pumped. Admit it. You, you <laughs> oh, sure. were pumped. <laughs> oh, this was the answer. Yeah. <laughs> this this was going to, we were going to get our arms around everything. And did it work? Well, you know, it wasn't perfect. But I guess it helped. So, so were there any reds on, on the board? Oh, yeah. Is, <laughs> yeah. Red, yellow, green, right? What, what do we do when yeah. there's a red? That's right. One one of the kids more than the other one had, you know, had more reds than than the other. <laughs> so what was the resolution to the red? Well, I mean, it you know, it'd be, you know, say if you if you make good grades, you might get a dollar. Um if you if you were in the if you were in the red, you had more chores, you know, you'd have to work your way out of it. See, I and see now these days I see that being an app on the phone, right? I I, I can see now <laughs> taking this. Yeah. <laughs> so now we've got the app on the phone. See, I, I I was trying to do the same thing too. There was what was the there was an app out there. It was the uh, piggy bank app. It was a big one. I tried to do the same thing, trying to get my daughter to 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 pick up some of the chores around. So, you know, yeah. I, I'm applying the whole risk uh, reward. Uh, strategy that that we use in project management. So instead of you know beating people down, doing that whole positive reinforcement piece. So you know, hey, when I when I see you do something good, I've got this little piggy bank app um, that that feeds right into the iTunes. And so then you know, I'll just go throw a, a quarter in or fifty cents or a dollar, whatever it was. And then you know, when you got enough, you can go buy whatever app you want. <laughs> it lasted you know, a good two and a half, maybe three weeks. That <laughs> the, yeah. the, 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 the same concept. <laughs> I think yeah. you know, it, it, along the same line. One of my my favorite story. My my family hates to argue with me, right? Because. Again, I think great project managers are elephants. We don't forget. And, you know, my platform always in project management has been, you know, you collect data and you continue to collect data. You find patterns and then you utilize those patterns to change behavior, change results, and hopefully for the better. Well, you know, in that aspect, you know, my my kids and and my wife they they hate to argue with me because I'll remember you know what you said three times ago and I'll remember if you repeated it twice and and I'll say well no last time this is actually you know the behavior you said that you wanted and I'm exhibiting that behavior now so now what are you trying to change <laughs> you know and and I think now the uh, the best phrase that's thrown towards me is, and and my daughter's actually picking up on it is hey don't you project manage me. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's the term I'm getting. Don't you project manage me? I'm, I'm getting that quite a bit now. Uh, which and is, so here here's a question: who's who's easier to project manage? Your team at work or your kids? Oh, the team at work for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because here, sure. here's another story. So you know, with with kids, you you budget uh, extracurriculars like sports or dance or whatever. And, and and this was when my youngest was in preschool. And we didn't we didn't sign up for dance, but uh, I mean months after school started, this was this was probably in the spring. She comes home and says she's got to she's got to take money to pay for her dance recital outfit. And I go, I, I, did, I didn't remember that being something we were doing, but I, okay, maybe her mom, you know, forgot to tell me about it or 
something happened. Okay, so sure. So we we send the money in, we get the, the, the dance recital on our calendar and we get ready to go for it. My wife and I are talking like, did you did you sign her up for this? And she goes, no, I thought you signed her up for this. <laughs> we start digging into it. The kid had signed herself up. They had they had announced it, you know, months ago at school. And she goes, yeah, I want to do that. And so she talked her way into the ballet group at the preschool and had been doing it week after week, right up until it's time for recital and time for outfits. So, you know, I guess that scope creep from, uh, you know, one of your team members taking on more work than they're really supposed to. <laughs> but, it, you know, that was that was not an uncommon thing to have happen. But that was that was kind of unique that, you know, that she took it upon herself at the age of what five to uh, to join the dance group. Five years old. Not only yeah. that, but had you both assuming the other person. Yeah, that that was that. Now, that's impressive. And see, I think it was when my daughter Ramsey was four that I recognized I wasn't intelligent enough to raise her. I think it I, I, I was about that age where – and I, I don't even remember where it was or what it, it happened exactly. But I do remember there was, a, there was a moment where I just looked at her, at, at her beautiful little four-year-old you know, self and said, I, I do not have the intelligence. Now, I can solve multi-million dollar problems and, and have some sort of savant – kind of thing where you know you and I can be sitting in a room and people can explain a problem that they've been having for three years and we yeah. can see it immediately but I can look at a four-year-old and recognize immediately that I do not have the intelligence to raise her that's yeah. the, I think that's the scariest thing about being a project manager or, or you know raising a family uh, at yeah. all so what about applying you know some of your other project management uh, type things uh, to other activities. I mean, do do you catch yourself doing that all the time, trying to break things down, doing work breakdown structures or things like that with the family? Oh yeah, yeah. I've you know I've done that with the birthdays more than once. Try to do a WBS for the birthday party and you know all that kind of stuff. I tell you, we a few years ago we took a long road trip. We took a ten day trip in an RV, and I had I had about three months to plan for it. And by the time we hit the road, I had a three ring notebook full of you know, a detailed hour by hour schedule of where we were going to go and what we were going to see and, you know, just everything mapped out. And they really gave me a hard time about all that. You know, they were, they were happy just to go ride in the RV and go wherever we went. But, you know, I had a, I had a very tight schedule. I knew exactly where I wanted to be every day and when I wanted to be there. They still gave me a hard time about that one. (laughs) And, and, what happened when, when, you know, the bathroom trip or, you know, the inevitable thing would happen in, in the RV that took you or veered you off that schedule? Well, you know, I have to say I, I, had, I was flexible with it. I had, I okay. had to be flexible with it. And, uh, but, but still, I would, you know, I'd push that thing to make up time if we, if we got by. <laughs> so, so you had some, some pretty good uh, effective risk planning in there. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> You know, this was this was out in Arizona, and, and part of the trip we had planned, my daughter and I were going to hike to the bottom of the Grand Canyon, and this was late June, early July, and it gets really hot at the bottom of the canyon that time of year. And we got out there, and I talked to a ranger and said, nah, it's probably not a good idea. I forget how old she was. She was uh, teens, early teens. 
And I don't know if I was in the best shape either. I said, let's, let's scratch that off the list. Even though we're ready for it, you know, we had gotten the, the, the uh, permit months in advance. I said, let's, let's scratch that off the list. So we had, you know, we had to be flexible. We had to make changes on the way. Absolutely. So we're, we're about uh, up against another break. Uh, while we're on break, I, I'd love for you to listen to the commercials. Please go visit uh, www.pmthatworks.com. Go visit rsquareconsulting.com. Find out about all the services and things that we provide. Additionally, while we're on break, you're going to hear how you can contact the show. You can go to uh, – uh, you can send an email to rmorris at rsquareconsulting.com or you can hit me up at Twitter at, uh, at Rick A. Morris. And also there's going to be a dial-in phone number. Don and I would love to hear from you. We know we have a lot of project managers that listen to the show. So if any of this is resonating with you, if you have a funny story that you'd love to share with us about uh, how you were project managing your family and it went awry, we'd love to hear it from you as well. Uh, we're going to go to break, listen to those commercials. Please do your research and uh, come back and, and hear from us uh, here shortly. You're listening to The Work-Life Balance with Rick A. Morris. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless but only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development, to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. 
Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back. We're talking with a great friend of mine, Don Delashaw, just sharing stories about what it's like to be a project manager, try to apply some of those principles uh, to our home uh, and uh, in trying to be a parent and, and how that works sometimes, how it doesn't work sometimes. Uh, and, and also, you know, Don, being a project manager, we, we tend to rub that off on our kids a little bit too. Uh, you know, one of, one of my favorite stories uh, of, of my daughter um, you know, as I speak all over you know the world and do do some of these speeches, I, I give my daughter um, one year this coupon book. You know, one of those silly little coupon books, and you know, oh, you can do this. You know, this is for one free dinner and all this stuff. And one of the coupons was you, you get to come to work with Daddy. And obviously, you know, I work out of the house, and, and most of the time on client sites, it's very difficult to to turn that coupon in. And so she always wanted to do that. Well, one one year, and she's probably. Uh, five or six, and uh, so I had a uh, opportunity where I was giving a speech at the Atlanta uh, PMI, and it was on a Saturday. And I said, "Okay, well, this is probably going to be the best opportunity to play that coupon." And so I asked her if she wanted to go, and she said, "Sure." It was, you know, we we're going to drive up and back that day, and uh, I was just doing a little one-hour uh, keynote. And so we're driving up that morning, and I I look down as we're driving, and she's shuffling some papers around, and you know I said, Ramsey, what's that? And she goes, Well, it's my speech, Daddy. And I said, uh, What? <laughs> she goes, <laughs> She said it's my speech, and I said, Oh, are you thinking you're going to be doing the speech here? She goes, Yes, yes, sir. It's, it's only four minutes I practiced. And I said, wow. I said, okay, well, I, I don't know that that's going to happen, but I'll check. And so, of course, when I got up to, to do the speech, I checked with the audience and said, hey, you know, my daughter's uh, you know, coming to work with me today, and she's prepared a little speech. And uh, I have no idea what it's about, but she'd like to give it to you. And there's probably 250 or so people in the room, and uh, uh, she gives up and gives a speech. And I'm blown away, I just totally blown away. And in the speech, she actually announces a business idea and says that she is launching a website, which I've never heard of at this point, called RamseysPoems.com. And if anybody would like to submit a poem, she'll list it on her website. So first of all, I I don't know if we even own the website yet. Um, and, And my favorite part of this is how many times she has actually heard me speak because she ends the session, Don, she goes... So does anybody have any questions? And the whole audience goes, aww. And she pauses and she goes, no, seriously, does anybody have any questions? <laughs> wow. <laughs> favorite moments. So that night we came home and Ramsey po- Ramsey's Poems was available and we, we bought her a website and she put the poems up there. It's actually still out there. I renew it. She doesn't do anything with it anymore. But one of my yeah. favorite times. But, you know, we tend to rub off on our children as well. Yep. Yep. Um, one of our favorite stories of my youngest, she, she has a tendency to, uh, we, we call it her Zen questions. She just comes out with things that we go, how are you, how are you thinking that? And we were riding along. She had, she had gone with me, uh, the whole family had gone with me on a business trip to Memphis. And we're, we're riding along. Out of nowhere, she says, 
Eddie, is a gorilla as big as you think? <laughs> I remember. And I, I still go, Hannah, I, I have no idea. I don't have time for these end questions right now. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's just funny how often the communication gap can be there. You know, I guess to look at it in terms of project management, I'm, I'm trying to understand what you're asking me, but I really have no idea. Explain what you mean by is a gorilla as big as you think. And the, and the terms in which they think, you know, it, it, again, coming back to the intelligence and, and we laugh about that, but I, I really feel there is that intelligence gap for us. And, and a lot of times I, I, I feel guilty or feel that, that I'm doing a disservice because, you know, in our heads, there's so much going on all the time, right? So, you know, at the current time, I've got 11 implementations going on right now. I've got a lot of things, the radio show, all this other stuff. We've got ideas that we're trying to do. Uh, you know, it, it, but to them, there's that congruent conversation that's going on, right? And so they've they've got nine conversations that they're doing. So just like that, right, with the monkey conversation, you know, coming our gorilla conversation coming out of nowhere, uh, it, it's amazing to me uh, how how they work. You know, one of the other stories I always share about project management. I had a, a senior project manager that was working for me that that put a project management plan uh, to her wedding. Um, to this point, though, it was down to the minute, and I've never seen anything like that. It was 27 pages long, and it was, you know, 103 to 104, you're doing this. 104 to 107, you're doing this. 107 to 111, you, and that was mind-blowing to me. So it's, it, it's amazing for me as, you know, as, as we explore this, this thing that is project management, um, have you ever had to describe, and if you would, for the, for the listeners, how you tried to answer it um, to your kids? Because this is a very vague profession that we're in. Daddy, what do you do for a living? Yeah, you're right. Well, you know, I, I, I would try to describe the business that I was in of, you know, output devices and printers and computers and servers and so forth and what those do and the effort that goes into um, to the procurement or purchasing and delivery and implementation and all that and then bring it around to well, how do you plan for all that you know how do you how do you define exactly what we are going to do and what we're not going to do and, and how do you schedule it all and then how do you define everybody's role and what they're supposed to do and who does what and, and you know they kind of would get it, you know. It it's it's um it's something they they seem to understand. So as you get into that consultative role, though, right? So you know, I struggle with that from time to time. Is you know, as R Square Consulting, right? What we do is we go in and improve the project management practices, implement software like CAPPM and, and things like that. Yeah, you say. So how exactly do you help a company? What do you do for the company? <laughs> you kind of go, yeah. Um, <laughs> so we we do stuff. How do you not sound like office space? <laughs> you know when you're answering right. that question. <laughs> well, you know. Well, do you do that work? No. <laughs> so what is it that you do here? <laughs> you're having a conversation report. with the Bobs. <laughs> yeah, I just make sure the TPS reports have a cover letter. <laughs> it's amazing uh, how many times I've seen TPS reports come up in, in so many different ancillary things 
that, that's going to throw me into an ADD loop that I don't think we want to go down right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I'll throw another item out there. So, you know, bringing up to current uh, today, my, my girls are grown. They're, they're both out of college. Um, the youngest just graduated. Um, but I asked her earlier today, I told her, you know, I was going to do, be doing this. And I said, so what do you remember from, you know, the past, you know, that I, that I brought to the table as a project management dad? And the first thing she said was, oh, I remember your grocery list. And I said, I don't, what grocery list? She goes, oh, you had a grocery list that was, that was like a check sheet that was sorted according to the aisles of the grocery store. <laughs> and I, I go, yeah, I forgot about that one. I had... I had designed this sheet so that when we filled out, you know, the the grocery needs for the week, whatever, you just check the box where it was. And then when you went to the store, it made it real quick to just go up and down the aisles uh, and to get everything. She just, that just left an impression on her. Yeah. I, I had a great time uh, just again, as a, a personal story, um, you know, got a phone call recently from you that uh, they wanted to, uh, have an interview with an entrepreneur or business person and um, you were gracious enough to, to think of me and I went and spent some time with, with her and, and some of her friends and you know I, I urge anybody that's listening when you get an opportunity to, to, to go to a college or a high school or something like that you know you, you never know what you're walking into but it's so invigorating when you're done right so obviously I was donating time to help them I think I received more from that than than they did, right? You, you're walking down memory lane, but but at the same time, when I was done with that interview, I had more fun, I think, than than anybody there. It was it was a fantastic time, um, but uh, she was so gracious during that that whole piece, and uh, it's amazing what a what a young lady she's grown into. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, she really appreciated that. All right, gang. Well, we've got uh, one more break, and then we're going to come up and wrap up some things. I've got a, a, another uh, more current story that I don't think uh, Don's heard of, of, <laughs> of uh, how my daughter uh, talked me into a, uh, a Christmas present using some project management principles. And uh, we'll hopefully take a couple of phone calls if anybody's queued up, and uh, we'll wrap up this Friday show with uh, Don Delashaw. So uh, we'll see you guys on the other side of the break. This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Today, every business is in the software business, and business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world, where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other, where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage, where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. 
This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end -end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back. And again, if you have a story about uh, if you're a project manager out there, you're trying to apply some of these project management principles and uh, that went awry, you'd like to share that with me and Don, please do dial in to 1-866-472-5790. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, Don and I was just uh, uh, talking on the break there and um, talking about how us being project managers as well is, is, has rubbed off on our children. And um, so... Right as, as Christmas was coming around, my daughter comes in and retrieves me. I was actually watching some college football, and she says, uh, Day, I need to see you really quickly in your office. And I said, sure. So uh, she and, and her best friend uh, were, were here. And uh, so I come into my office, and I see that she has her laptop uh, hooked up to my, my big monitor that's up on, uh, mounted on my wall. And she goes, sit down. We we have a presentation. So you know, I'm a huge fan uh, <laughs> of of uh, uh, Shark Tank. Uh, a big, big, big fan of Marcus Lemonis and the and the Prophet, right? And so, and of course, you know, as the life of a project manager, Don, we we do presentations and powerpoints all the time. Um, and so we sit down and they begin this presentation of how they feel that they need a badminton set uh, for Christmas. Um, and so they go through, and it's literally a, a 15 or 16 slide presentation about what the benefits are of playing badminton, uh, some famous people that do play badminton, um, the, the different prices of the different ones out there and how they settled in on the one that they wanted. Um, they were going to offer me a 40% equity stake in their badminton company. Um, and uh, <laughs> so they roll through, and then the last slide, too, even says uh, – uh, and uh, Marcus Lemonis approves. So, <laughs> so the, the funny thing about that too uh, is I snapshot the two of them uh, presenting with with the Marcus Lemonis slide, and so I tweeted that out. And uh, Marcus Lemonis tweeted me back uh, that he liked it. So, I, <laughs> so I, oh cool. I was like, 
hey, Marcus Lamonas really does approve, and I'm I'm all for that. But uh, how funny that uh, you know they sat down and were bored and decided to build a business presentation to get a badminton set, which uh, we did purchase and they've used you know once and only once, and now sits in my garage. But that's I was going to ask if they got the badminton. Oh, of course, of course. That, that, yeah. that was the way to get it, and and I think that they learned to aim higher the next time that they were going to put that amount of effort <laughs> into a presentation. <laughs> but yeah, that that uh, that was truly impressive to me. That's good. Yeah, they, you know, these days they get more and more impressive to me as, as far as what they're, what they're rubbing off and that kind of stuff. Did you have any, anything else that you wanted to share with the audience there, Don? Um, no, not really any other stories other than, you know, it's just, uh, the, the, the challenges that you have working from home sometimes, you know, with kids running away, it's real running around. It's, it, it can be risky. I remember the first time I brought a laptop home from work. So this was a lot of years ago. But, uh, you know, it's an expensive device, and I'm being careful with it. And I put it down at the table after dinner and open it up, and I turn it on, and I'm, I'm doing some work. My young one comes over and goes, what's this do? It hits the first button she can reach and turns the thing off. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did you possibly do that? <laughs> or, never, yeah. never understood that. Yeah, well, Remo... You know, uh, Learned how to pop all the keys off. That was his his. He'd open it up and pop uh, on the old IBM ThinkPads. Yeah. Uh, where they had the two springs in them. He yeah. he learned how to pop all the keys off. Where you couldn't. I could never figure out how to pop them back on. <laughs> that was his contribution to the laptop game. Oh gosh. Yeah, yesterday, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm, I'm working on this new uh, thing. We're, we're actually going to have a whole show on it, but we're talking about uh, a new concept, thought leadership around uh, total application lifecycle management, not just you know the ability to, to, to integrate three different things. And uh, so I'm putting together a, a video that, that we're going to be using um, to, to really hook clients and, and talk about that. And it's a five-minute video. And so I needed to be able to record five minutes uh, and of course, I'm doing this from home, and uh, we've got the new puppy. Uh, between the new puppy, the kids coming home from school, the helicopters flying over, it, it took no less than probably three and a half, four hours to be able to get five minutes of solid, quiet time <laughs> to be able to record <laughs> the, the five minutes straight <laughs> without the interruptions, phone calls, texts coming in, the the whole nine yards. So you're right, working yeah. working from home can be quite challenging with the children. That's right. As well as uh, describing what what constitutes an emergency uh, for conference calls. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> Needing a snack is not necessarily the emergency to uh, <laughs> to, to interrupt coming in. And, you well, know, I, I, I I'm on a lot of conference calls, and I work from home as well, and it. A lot of people I work with are working from home, too, and I'm surprised I don't hear more interruptions like that. You know, kids running in, screaming or begging for something or whatever. 
I think um, I, I think my most embarrassing story around that, where I was truly embarrassed and, and felt it, and you know, I, I'm I'm a disciplinary father. Uh, I'll, I'll just put that out there. My, you know, I not not the spanking kind and all that other stuff, but but you know, a disciplinary father, right? My my kids know right from wrong. They know when daddy's upset. They know when daddy's on a conference call. That kind of thing. And and uh, I had a, a client a couple of years ago. Uh, it was a very difficult client. We had a lot of issues, a lot of conference calls. And uh, so my son's room is right behind my office. And so when he's jumping around and he's playing a lot and that kind of stuff, it's shaking the floor. You can hear it and that kind of stuff. So the rules are, you know, when, when daddy's on a conference call, you know, we're not playing. And so uh, we're at this particular juncture. I'm very upset with the client. The client's kind of upset with us. We're going through these testing cycles, so on and so forth. So we're, we're coming into this, this very contentious call. Right, so the, this, this call, there's a lot of buildup to it. Um, there's a testing team that's trying to throw a lot of shade on a lot of stuff, and, and so everybody's like very tense for the beginning of this call. And, and somebody who's key to the call is late. Well, I, you know, I, the whole ground shaking. I can hear my son playing. I've already told him three times to, to, to stop and, and, in fact, go downstairs for this call. And so, you know, I reach over, I hit the mute button, I call him into my office, and, and I'm now very upset with him, too. And I, and I in a kind of a low growl, Remo, do you really, really want to be in trouble with me right now? I suggest you get your butt downstairs now. And then I hear, <laughs> then I hear the uncomfortable, um, Rick, uh, I don't think you're on mute. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's what I'm talking about. I have not heard one of those, but I'm sure they're out there. Oh, and, that's and, awful. And the best part is that testing team was about to get that same treatment from me on that call, and they wanted none of it, right? So it was actually a good thing because <laughs> it set the tone <laughs> that you didn't want to mess with me on this uh, on this call. But, yeah, my heart dropped on, not only because uh, they heard me do that with my son, but now I'm thinking, now, oh, you know, what do they think of me right now? And that kind of, you know what I mean? I was like, I apologize. My son, you know, had to go through all that. But uh, yeah, I was like, <laughs> uh, Rick, I don't think you're on mute right now. You may want to mute. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Hey, listen, gang, uh, that is all the time that we have for the work-life balance. I really want to thank you, Don, for taking some time out. Let me tell an embarrassing story about you, but I finish it with an embarrassing story about me. So I think that that's fair. Uh, But, uh, you know, hey, listen, as as a brother and as a friend, I love you dearly. Um, I I attribute a a lot of success uh, in, in my career to you. Um, I've loved you like a brother and a friend for a long time. As a matter of fact, put a dedication in my book to you. Um, so if you guys go out to Amazon.com, find uh, Project Management That Works or Stop Playing Games, you'll see Don's names uh, in those books. Uh, he means that much to me. Uh, and again, uh, uh, hope uh, continued success to you. I hope uh, the announcement today too uh, doesn't have uh, much impact to you in your career. But, yeah, I hope so too. Yeah, hope yeah. I didn't know if that was a surprise to you or if there was some heads up coming your way, but uh, uh, hope uh, all is going to work out for you there. Uh, next week, really excited about uh, the guest that's going to be on the show. We're going to have Peter Taylor. Peter Taylor uh, is an acclaimed author, uh, has written several books. Uh, he's actually uh, out of England. Uh, and the latest book he's written is called The Social Project Manager. 
Uh, Peter and I met each other up in New York. We were on the speaking circuit together. The last time I think I saw him face-to-face was in Warsaw, Poland. Uh, but uh, very, very entertaining uh, speaker. Uh, he's known as the Lazy PM, although I think he's changing that moniker now to the Social PM based on the latest book. Uh, but we're going to be talking about trends uh, in something I think that needs to change. You know, as project managers, we're kind of set in our ways, but uh, certainly with a lot of the teams that we're dealing with now, uh, we have to be more social. And, and as you know, Twitter and Facebook and everything is taking over, um, being able to communicate in a faster and uh, more fast-paced world is going to be very, very important. So uh, we'll be discussing a lot of those topics next week with uh, Peter Taylor. So we hope that you will join us. Uh, but uh, again, a special thank you to Don Delishaw. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us for an hour. And uh, we'll talk to everybody uh, soon. Thank you so much for uh, joining the Work-Life Balance. And we'll talk to everybody next Friday. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show. 